This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where we set a brand new record Sunday, and not just for Florida. The state health department reported 15,300 new COVID-19 cases Sunday, setting a one-day record nationwide. New York used to hold that dubious distinction, but we beat them by more than 3,000. And when we last heard from the governor, Ron DeSantis said he won't be making any changes in Florida's reopening. So right now, we're not making any changes. Status quo, we want to get this positivity rate down. We want to continue to... Um, you know, hopefully see, um, you know, declining uh, COVID-like illness visits at the EDs. Florida added a mind-boggling 70,000 new cases of coronavirus over the past week. The total number of cases is almost 278,000. Dr. Ronald Saff of Tallahassee says those numbers would have been a lot lower if the governor had done a better job responding to the crisis. The governor will have to own up and take personal responsibility for these sick and dead Floridians. Florida's death toll is rising. 45 new fatalities reported Sunday. That brings the statewide total to 4,346. That's an increase of more than 500 over the past week, and it's keeping the Grim Reaper busy. My family all lives in Florida. I, all my relatives live in Florida. I'm a second-generation Floridian. My kids are third-generation Floridians. And this governor is killing our people, and I can't watch it anymore because he is so derelict. The Reaper's real name is Dan Ufelder, and we'll be talking with him during the Sunrise interview. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man fired for racial postings on social media. Not Facebook or Twitter, mind you, it was LinkedIn. What kind of moron posts racial rants on a site designed to connect business professionals? Well, Florida man for one. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, July 13th. Remember at the start of the COVID-19 crisis when Governor Ron DeSantis blamed New Yorkers for bringing the virus to Florida? Karma does. The Sunshine State just shattered New York's record for the most cases in a single day with 15,300 reported on Sunday. And that happened less than 24 hours after the governor said cases appeared to be plateauing. We uh, increased from the end of June into July, uh, but then have kind of, it's been plateaued for the last two weeks, which is, um, it's a good sign. We'd rather be plateaued at 4%, uh, but we didn't want to see it continue to just go up and up. If we are on a plateau, it's a pretty steep one. I'm thinking Devil's Tower in Wyoming. We've had 70,000 new cases over the past seven days. The governor blames young adults for the surge and ordered bars to shut down again after huge crowds gathered to party without social distancing. And DeSantis says his rules for reopening will stay that way until the infection rates fall. We set out a, a, a plan um, for not all the counties, some of the counties, um, not South Florida, for example, that they would be able to operate just like a restaurant, limited capacity seating. The problem was no one was following that. And so, you know, and I get that's not how they want to operate. I want as many people in business as can that will have low risk. Um, but when we were getting reports of, you know, them just having packed uh, party type situations, that was not a part of the guidelines. And so it got to the point where my, uh, my secretary was just, it was like whack-a-mole where you have all that. So I want them to be able to operate, but I also want them to do it consistent with the uh, step-by-step -step plan. And just, we just weren't able to get that done. So right now we're not making any changes, status quo. We want to get this positivity rate down. We want to continue to, um, you know, hopefully see, um, you know, declining uh, COVID-like illness visits at the EDs. Um, and then as we get in a, in a more stable situation, you know, then, then we'll take a look at it. 
By the way, that part about maintaining the status quo is about the last thing Dr. Ronald Saff wants to hear. He's a member of Physicians for Social Responsibility who stood in front of the governor's mansion to accuse DeSantis of leading Florida into the dark ages. It's been said that Governor DeSantis is taking us a thousand miles per hour in the wrong direction, and it's true. Wake up, Governor. Florida is running out of ICU beds. Florida is the third most populous state in the country, which gives Governor DeSantis access to the finest medical and scientific minds on the planet. But what does he do? He ignores their advice to mandate mask wearing. Instead, he's taking us back to the medieval ages, back to the 14th century, when there was much ignorance and no science. This time was known as the Dark Ages. It is just not mandating masks that demonstrate the governor's incompetence and medieval age thinking. It's also that Florida is woefully short of contact tracers who can help stop the spread of the coronavirus by communicating with the infected person and finding out who they've been close to so that they can get tested and self-quarantine. But just like there's a shortage of Floridians wearing masks, there's also a shortage of contact tracers. This gross negligence and incompetence of the governor is killing Floridians. I am sure that some mathematician or biostatistician will soon calculate how many unnecessary deaths Floridians have experienced due to the governor's failure to mandate mask wearing and setting up an aggressive contact tracing program. The governor will have to own up and take personal responsibility for these sick and dead Floridians. There was a new case in Florida averaging every nine seconds. Consider this, Florida has more new coronavirus cases than China, Australia, and New Zealand combined with just a fraction of the population. Florida is frighteningly becoming an epicenter for the virus. Governor, you just can't spin your way out of this reality. Mandating masks is a no-brainer, but what I want to do is to discuss the governor's hypocrisy. The governor refuses to mandate mask wearing, even though his own hand-picked Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Rivkes, and President Trump's hand-picked Surgeon General, Dr. Adams, and the Florida Medical Association urge the public to wear masks. Additionally, the governor touts himself as a fiscal conservative, which means he's supposedly prudently watching the efficient use of our tax dollars and ensuring they are not wasted. Those infected with the coronavirus are very real to us. They are family, friends, and loved ones. Take a minute to think of the millions and millions of dollars that it is costing the taxpayer to treat and hospitalize these ill and unfortunate patients. Huge amounts of money could be saved if the governor mandated masks and strengthened the contact tracing program. He is not being fiscally conservative. Governor, by not mandating masks and having a shortage of contact tracers, you are essentially telling us that our chance of surviving this is directly related to the common sense of others. That's a scary thought. Common sense is in very short supply. Governor, Please reverse course and change your middle, medieval age thinking. You live in a scientific community with two universities, doctors and scientists galore, and a medical school. 
just 255 miles away, is the Center for Disease Control, which provides pandemic advice to nations all over the world, many of which are already mandating masks, including third world countries like Ethiopia and Rwanda. In short, Florida is falling even behind third world countries. Governor, please make a U-turn. Take us out of the dark ages by embracing modern science and mandate masks and strengthen our contact tracing program. State and local officials say they're hiring more tracers, but the governor will not budge on the mandatory mask issue. He says local officials are free to impose them, but there will not be a statewide order. There is, however, a statewide order telling public schools they must reopen classrooms next month. This despite the fact that local school boards actually run them, not the state. Several of those boards have questioned the governor's legal authority, but DeSantis expects them to follow the order. Obviously, the, 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 the local counties are, are, are instrumental in this, are key. The, the school boards need to be involved, the superintendents. Um, it's got to be a collaborative effort. Um, you know, I think the, the main thing is, is okay, you know, what, what's, what's in it for the, for the kids? I mean, what, is, what harm is going to be done by continuing to keep them out of school? Look, there's, a, there's an achievement gap that's developed. There's no doubt about it. That will only be exacerbated um, as, lo as long as this happens. And so we know there are huge, huge costs for not providing the availability of in-person schooling for, for our students. Um, the, the risk of corona, fortunately for, for students, is incredibly low. Um, uh, the CDC will, will, will show the statistics. Uh, under 18, much more likely to be hospitalized for seasonal influenza than for this. Obviously, the fatality rate is much higher for seasonal influenza amongst under 18 than this has proven to be. Um, and so we're fortunate that, that they're low risk on this. And, and I've said before, I got young kids, they're not school age, um, but I would have no problem, you know, I would not, not be concerned with them being in school. Now, the other issue is people say, well, kids may be the vectors then in the community, because that's what happens in an influenza outbreak. Uh, it's like a Petri dish, they infect everybody, and then it spreads throughout the community. But I think it's been found over and over again, as people have looked at this and studied this, particularly in Europe, uh, that the school children actually aren't vectors for this, for whatever reason, they're, they usually get in, infected by the parents. They usually, usually aren't infecting adults. And places that have had schools open have not seen the schools uh, contribute to increasing the prevalence um, of the virus. So just from a student perspective, the risk is low. Obviously, the, 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 the losses would be significant for them not doing it. Um, but then you look at, okay, just having them there, is that going to affect the community? And there's just not a lot of evidence that they're com uh, doing a lot with, uh, with community transmissions. You know, you know, the risk is small for, for kids, um, but, but the, the problems, on the other hand, of not, not allowing them back in, you know, would be significant. At the same time, if a parent doesn't feel comfortable and they want to opt for distance learning, look, I believe in school choice across the board, and this would be another one, and I respect that. Um, you know, I don't know that there's huge amounts of, of data to say to keep a healthy kid out, but if that's how you feel, and then obviously if we have students who have some of the comorbidities that are implicated by this, of course. Um, but I just think we should all recognize that there is significant costs with not, a, not affording the opportunity for kids you know, to have in-person education. You know, we've had, in spite of the quote, you know, there was a, a, a shutdown, right, a national shutdown, many, most businesses still operated. 
Um, you had most of them across the state of Florida. Uh, you had things that operated every day. And, um, and I, I don't know, I think in terms of if you look at things that are the most essential, to me, um, education is, is, is as high amongst them as I can fathom. It's very, very important. But I, but I think it needs to be collaborative, and I think that they should um, work together. Many doctors and teachers have doubts about reopening classrooms. All those plans rely on social distancing, masking, sanitation. Dr. Donald Axelrad with Physicians for Social Responsibility says we've already failed the mask test and the statewide closure, he says it accomplished nothing because it ended too soon. We are whistling past the graveyard, literally. Among the federal government mistakes on managing the epidemic, first, instead of a coordinated 50 state response to the epidemic, the administration outsourced the task to individual states, leaving them competing against one another for PPE, respirators, C-19 testing supplies, and thus ensuring that geographic areas with the highest needs at a given time received insufficient supplies at maximum dollar cost. Second, instead of the federal administration issuing a three-week business closure and shelter-at-home order, for all 50 states to occur simultaneously, the states were left with this decision. The result, never at any one time were as many as half of the states closed, leaving those people in states who were not closed free to travel to states recently opened, starting the exponential growth of infections all over again, and making the temporary state closures totally and utterly worthless. In Florida, over 4,000 of our neighbors have perished to date from C-19. While the governor has stated that C-19, quote, is not a problem as long as people are not dying from it, we have set records in the past week for C-19 deaths and new hospitalizations. The Florida government is making a similar mistake to that of the federal government. While wearing of face coverings is proven to reduce spread of C-19, Florida government has left the responsibility for mandating wearing of masks to cities and counties. Consequently, in municipalities without mandates, those choosing not to wear face coverings are infecting those who do so choose. What is needed, Governor, is a statewide executive order mandating wearing of face coverings by all as is mandated by many states' governors and following the CDC guidance for wearing of masks. The governor's resistance to issuing a mandate is illogical and bordering on immoral. In the war with C-19, the virus shows us no mercy. Yet in Florida, we are fighting back with one hand tied behind our back. While the governor said that, quote, safety is not negotiable, unquote, he refuses to use one of our best weapons against the virus the universal wearing of face coverings. Whose right should the governor protect? Who has the greater claim? Should he protect the rights of the few who insist on avoiding the minor inconvenience of wearing a face covering, or protect the rights of the many more who insist only on the right not to be infected by those who would choose not to wear masks? If the governor views mandates as un-American, why then has he mandated the opening of brick and mortar schools for fall semester? possibly denying parents their choice, and an action which, unless done with thoughtful planning, will only increase infection rates. And will students be told they must wear face coverings 
Would this be a mandate? Is this confused thinking, hypocrisy, or planning without the input of public health experts? The lives of Floridians are at stake, Governor. Doctors aren't the only ones questioning the governor's response to COVID-19. Remember that guy who dressed up as the Grim Reaper to warn people not to get too close to each other at the beach? Well, he came to the governor's mansion to throw some shade. Next up on the Sunrise Interview, we'll talk with the Grim Reaper. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Florida Hospital Association members are safe, ready, and equipped to care for all Floridians. As our hospitals resume elective procedures, ensuring the safety and well-being of our patients, employees, and communities remains our first priority. Contact your local healthcare provider for information on visitation policies, access restrictions, and how to get needed care safely. Please visit the Florida Hospital Association at fha.org/covid for more information. Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest today is Dan Ufelder, an attorney from Walton County who made a name for himself during the COVID crisis by dressing up as the Grim Reaper and haunting beaches across the state. Ufelder sued the governor at the start of the crisis for refusing to issue a statewide order closing the beaches, and he's been on the governor's case ever since. We caught up with Dan Friday in front of the governor's mansion in Tallahassee, and if his voice sounds a bit muffled, remember, he's wearing a mask and the Grim Reaper costume. Well, for the past several months, I've been working on trying to get this derelict governor who's in there, I don't know where he is, but to do his job, I started a campaign to close the beaches in a uh, kind of a paint suit and as a kind of a, I, that was seemed to be effective for a short period of time. I've sued the governor and after he reopened everything and I saw, I said, you know, these people who are running our state and our public health are so either stupid or corrupt or both that they need to be I don't know they have to be told what to do and I couldn't think of anything more direct than this outfit and that's it's taken off from there it's it's, it's a full-time job at this point Ufolder's father Steve was a key figure in the administrations of Lawton Childs and Jeb Bush so Dan had the good fortune to meet and work with some of Florida's greatest governors which may be one reason he is so underwhelmed by DeSantis He's killing our children. Our kids are not tributes. He needs to get, you know, if he can't handle this job, just step aside and let somebody can do it. Because you this guy can clearly, I was fortunate enough through just happenstance. My parents said I was up close and personal with a lot of very good Florida leaders. Leroy Collins, Lawton Childs, Bob Graham, Jeb Bush. I mean, Charlie Crit. you know, this guy's clueless. He really is clueless. And it's, it's, it's so upsetting to people that I talk to that know Florida is has a lot of great people and a lot of people that are good leaders and know what leadership is and, and you know if he doesn't want to do this job if he wants to do something else nobody will I won't complain you go back and be a lobbyist I don't know I'm sure he could work one of these guys down the street and go work in the administration for the next couple more months but he clearly is not up to this task and nobody is really doing anything about it a lot of talk but who gets I mean this is, this is not something I ever want to do. I want to end this. I want to quit wearing this Grim Reaper costume because it's hot, it's a pain in the neck to try. I've been in Miami, Jacksonville, Pensacola. It's, it's, uh, but this guy, he's a derelict. That's what he is. So what's it like to travel the state dressed as a Grim Reaper, reminding everyone about something we'd all like to forget? It ranges, you know. A lot of people are nice. They want to get their pictures taken. Some of them are a little upset and they you know expletives at me and chase me around and 
But I, you know, I'm a trial lawyer. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I was a gator raised in Tallahassee, and you know, I can, I can take it. And while some folks bristle at the whole Grim Reaper bit, Dan Ufelder considers it a public service. My dad used to take me over to see, spend afternoons with Governor Collins. When I was a 17-year-old, I traveled with Lawton Childs. I was just raised where, you know, there's certain times in life you have to make sacrifices. And I'm working, I'm working eight hours a day at my law job and doing this. And, but this is something so important, and, it does, and nobody is doing anything. I mean, people are doing things, but they're not doing, they're not doing what I'm doing. They're not sacrificing their time and their talent and their, you know, their passion. A lot of people just sit behind a computer and tweet or Facebook. And I, my parents just raised me and said, you know, Daniel, you know, you can complain and, or you can do something. And so that's what I'm doing. And, you know, my family all lives in Florida. I, all my relatives live in Florida. I'm a second generation Floridian. My kids are third generation Floridians. And this governor is killing our people. And I can't watch it anymore because he is so derelict. He, he is, he is. I almost throw up in my mouth sometimes when I say Rick Scott is better than this guy, but I think he is. This guy is so beholden to Mr. Trump that he will sacrifice lives to do what he asks for. One side note here, Dan's version of the Grim Reaper just screams Florida. He wears sandals and shorts and his scythe is made of plastic. The president of Advent Health, which operates 30 hospitals in Florida, says their projections show the Sunshine State should reach its peak of COVID-19 hospitalizations before the end of the month. CEO Terry Shaw was a guest on CBS's Face the Nation, where he said that projection assumes people practice social distancing and wear masks to slow the spread of the virus. Again, this is Florida. Assume nothing. Your calendar of events begins at 9 a.m. when the Education Estimating Conference gets together to talk about public school enrollment and capital outlay funding. Congressman Charlie Crist holds an online town hall about NASA at 11 for students in Pinellas County. The speakers include a former astronaut and the NASA administrator. At 11.30, Congresswoman Debbie McCarcel powell and Miami-Dade County Commissioner Daniela Levine-Cava will lead a press conference on the surge of COVID-19 cases and renew their calls for coordinated action by the state, the Department of Health, and Miami-Dade County. The Demographic Estimating Conference is also holding a state demographic estimating forecast meeting. That's at 1.30. Finally today, time to check in with a Florida man who discovered some people really do read LinkedIn. The coordinator of the Tallahassee Fire Academy has resigned after being investigated for a racist post on social media. Richard Barano is a retired captain from the Tallahassee Fire Department who's been working at the Academy more than 20 years. He was called out for posting a picture of the gallows on LinkedIn's Blue Lives Matter page and suggesting lynching would be the proper punishment for a black man in police handcuffs. He even sent a follow-up comment joking he would auction off the rights to pull the handle. Well, the Fire Academy is run by Tallahassee Community College. They told Barano his employment would be terminated for violating the code of conduct and the standards of discipline. He resigned before they could fire him. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.